Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tabletop Radio Hour. We're here from the future. So we just recorded our actual play podcast uh, with the entire group. It was a great time. I had a lot of fun, and I believe Mark did as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was, you're, you're, it was really good. Look forward to it, audience, because you're going to enjoy it. All right. So we were thinking to ourselves that it'll be really helpful to you all if we talk about, you know, 7th C and some some buzzwords and a bunch of stuff to help you understand what we're actually talking about when we play. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, you know, we, we got a little feedback after our first session. Our first session, our first discussion was really kind of like high-end, uh, just kind of covering a lot of bases. And now we want to kind of pull it back and get a little bit more specific um, about uh, some of the things that uh, that are so interesting about this fun and exciting hobby. Yeah. So when you hear people talk about role-playing games, what they really mean is, you know, something like Dungeons and Dragons, which is the most, most known uh, role-playing game. Uh, classic role example. Game. Yeah. So what we mean when role-playing is we're essentially acting. We are we, role-playing. We could as, probably we could probably fill in an entire hour discussion defining role-playing games, really. I mean, there's there's a lot to it. But fundamentally, uh, as, as our GM, what is your definition of, of a role-playing game? My, my example of a role-playing game is, uh, the way I like it, is portraying people that aren't necessarily like yourself. You know, I know that's not always the case, but that's what what I like when I hear role-playing games. You know, if somebody's playing a person that's exactly like themselves, they're really not role-playing. They're not putting on this mask of somebody that's not them. You know, they're that's true. they're they're being themselves. So that's not necessarily role-playing. In my opinion, but on the other hand, you're putting yourself into that role. Yes. So, so there's there's kind of a mutual uh, there's a synergy there of, of you know yourself with this this creation that you're uh, putting out there. Right. It's it's a lot of what would you do in this situation as this person. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's what I love. Going back to our past, you know, we both have a history in acting and that's what, I mean, I think that's what draws us to it. You know, we're going back to our roots and we're going back to what we used to do and what we like. Yeah. So in the role-playing aspect of 7th C, we are inhabiting this world of a, what is it, 17th century um, 17th, 17th century-ish. Yeah. yeah. Around that time, uh, basically a remapped England. Or uh, not England, Europe. Europe, yeah. So it involves countries. Uh, the names we include in this playthrough are Avalon, Castile, and Montaigne. Or Montaigne. Briefly describing those, Avalon is a lot like England. So it is in that time, you know, ruled by Queen Elaine, which you know who that is. Yes. <laughs> Every, well, everybody will, will be able to realize the connections between 
this fictional place. I use heavy air quotes. And uh, in the real world, uh, Europe in that time. But it's not perfect one for one. I mean, yes, there's there's definitely a, a Elizabethan flavor there, but there's also a lot of uh, King Arthur overtones to it. So That's true. they kind of mix and match and, and blur lines a lot too to uh, create something that's that's not exactly uh, what you're expecting. Right. You have a good point. It isn't one-to-one. Um, and, and history hasn't acted the same as it did in real life. True. There are similarities, but, you know, things can happen anyway and they will ultimately happen anyway based on what the GM wants to do. Yes. And how they want to change this uh, this situation, this place from that point on. You know, in the past there was a war of War of the Church, right? War yes. Of the cross. Either one. Uh-huh. And, you know, that is very similar to real world things. Mm-hmm. So, like I was saying, uh, we mentioned Avalon, which is a lot like England with Queen Elaine, who is Queen Elizabeth. And uh, <laughs> we mentioned Castile which is a lot like Spain. And mm-hmm. we mention Montaigne or Montaigne, uh, as, which is a lot like pre-revolution France. So before the French Revolution, this is France, essentially. A lot of um, the mechanical aspects of, uh, of Seventh Sea, you know, as we play, there are things that are called scenarios, which are a lot like encounters or, you know, for other systems. And it's based around uh, the GM, me, explaining this situation and uh, what's going to happen. These characters roll dice, and we'll get into that in just a minute. But it essentially maps maps out the different risks you have to take, um, the different consequences to those risks you take and um, any any opportunities that there are in the room that you could possibly get if you have the ability to do so. So in our first encounter, there was this bar that was on fire. And so they ran up the stairs and I told them, you know, the risk is, you know, getting across the room safely. Perfect enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the consequences to those risks was taking two wounds or getting hit twice essentially um, taking fire damage and uh, the opportunities were there were four people in the room that you could save if you can Um, Mark go ahead and explain a little bit about the rolls like rolling dies and uh, and the, the aspect of raises sure um in Seven Seas, which is similar to, in this case, similar to many other games like like Dungeons and Dragons, characters are kind of defined with by two major elements. There's the traits, which are kind of the core foundation of of what your character is. Is your character strong? Is he fast? Is he um, intelligent? Um, those are those are kind of the core of what they are. And then you have the skills, which are a little bit more specific and more numerous. And what you do when you, uh, when you approach a problem, uh, when you approach a, a risk for a role, you combine one uh, uh, trait with one skill. And each of those combine 
uh, a give dice that uh, you combine together into a pool and you roll that number of dice. Yeah. Now so, in seventh, yeah, go ahead. So each character has a specific amount of points that they can spend for each of these skills and traits and all that. So however many points you put into a skill, that determines how many dice you roll for that skill and that trait. Yes. Now that we went through all the character creation before we started playing. So that was something that we all did, um, you know, it's kind of homework before going <laughs> into this. So uh, we kind of, I mean, we did some chatting and, and uh, you know, ran some stuff by Zach and, uh, you know, made some plans. But uh, this, you know, we came into the actual playing part of the, the process with a, with a developed character that uh, we we kind of knew and and uh, went into it from there. Right. That's and that's a great point to start since we all knew the system and knew how to make characters and all that. It was easier to just jump straight in instead of having to take a bunch of time and make these characters and and plot out what points we wanted to make and and that stuff. True. So when rolling all these skills and traits. Um, the the mechanical aspect behind that is you roll these dice to get what are called raises. So raises are groups of ten. So you roll, say you roll four dice, and you have two groups of ten that you can bring together. That six, four, five, and five, for example. Exactly. The six and four would make a ten, and the two fives would make a ten. Make ten. Perfect. And whatever extra numbers doesn't matter. It still makes 10. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in in that example, you would have two raises to do whatever you wanted to do or whatever you could do in the scenario. So in mine, in, in my example for the scenario, uh, it was um, getting across the room safely. So you have to spend one raise to do that. And then you can spend that other raise on either decreasing the amount of wounds you get or achieving an opportunity. So it's fairly simple to, you know, oh, I've got five raises. Boom, I want to do this, this, and this. And whatever things you don't have enough raises to do, you can choose. So it's like, okay, I want to do this instead of this. Essentially, a raise is your opportunity to change the world around you in some way. Whether it's inflicting damage on somebody, uh, or preventing damage, or um, putting out a fire, rescuing a bystander, you know, in some way, if you're using a raise, you're doing that to, in some way, affect the situation. Absolutely, yeah. Um, before we we started recording, you talked about the uh, virtues and the hubris. Yes, that is, those are other uh, in character traits, basically. Uh, every character basically has one virtue and one hubris. Um, 7C uses a, a uh, basically a tarot deck to kind of uh, combine them and, and, and coordinate them. But essentially, um, or in theory, the hubris is a negative character trait basically and uh the virtue of course is a a positive character trait and when you enact those um you get 
rewards. Um, especially the the uh, the hubris. If you if you play a character's weakness, then you get uh, some sort of situation that that if, that helps you. Um, likewise, if you're playing the, uh, the you know the virtue, you get some sort of reward for being virtuous in that in that way. Um, so those are additional tools for for the player to use um, that also help define their character more. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, and and a lot about Seventh Sea is the character development. It's how yeah. these characters interact in this world. And, you know, like in our first podcast, uh, the, the story is what is exciting about this, you know, not having to focus so much about the, the book aspects, about the technical aspects of the game, you know? True. We could, honestly, just straight role play and say, you know, forget the dice, forget the game system, everything. We could just be acting. Yeah, but I, I think the... the structure no matter what game you're playing gives you it gives you some ideas it gives you some structure uh i used the example in our first uh podcast about little kids playing cops and robbers right. you know one one kid says bang bang and now you have to actually go through some sort of process to find out if they you really got them or not right so um you know the the rule set help with that um but uh, the real reason for a rule set in a role-playing game, I think, is to help flavor the universe in a, in a good in a good role-playing system. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you know Seven Seas does really well. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's uh, it's a good it's an important part of the game to have that structure and to have all this stuff so complete chaos doesn't happen. You know, sure. And so people can't do whatever they want, whenever they want. There are some guidelines that prevent people to be from being, you know, completely rambunctious or. Yeah, there, there was actually actually an example came up in uh, in our game, which you know you'll hear later, um, where I went into a situation and I didn't have the skill that I needed to deal with that situation, so I chose a different skill. That I think gave a great twist to uh, the direction things went. What what situation are you talking about? The uh, I didn't have intimidate when when, oh, I, right. when I captured the the guy. So instead of in trying to intimidate him, I I used a convince line and tried to uh, kind of bluff my way into a you know instead of a, a an intimidation situation. Right, and that's what makes characters individual is the way they approach the situation and mm-hmm. if they don't necessarily have the straightforward way they can figure out a way to do it right which is great and, which i mean you can always try you know i could have tried to intimidate him anyway yeah uh but it would have been much harder and probably less less likely uh to be <laughs> successful right and in that case you were very successful at that and it, that's true <laughs> but there, yes. there are a bunch of great moments in this in this actual play and i was excited that it went this successfully oh you know, yeah on our, on our first actual interaction with each other in game it's it was a great success and i look forward to you all hearing this and i look forward to uh, uh see where this goes in the future 
we are using the Roll20 uh, game system online. And oh, yeah. There are some things where, you know, how are they rolling dice? Oh, well, it's it's all in this app. So, um, <laughs> True. It's There are a couple moments where we have to, you know, oh, there's three? Oh, no, it's four. Oh, wait. Okay. So <laughs> we have a lot of back and forth with that, with uh, trying to actually there figure is. out some stuff. Yeah. So, um, and, and I think that's always going to be true of any group that's getting together for the first time. And, mm-hmm. you know, even, to, even though we all kind of individually know the rules, we kind of, you know, getting a feel for how everybody else sees and interprets things. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a little bit of growing, growing pains there, but overall very minor. It was, oh, I really, yeah. really enjoyed nothing, it. nothing compared to the, the, the actual full session, you know, so <laughs> yeah. it was, it was a great session and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. I hope that cleared up some things for some people. If, uh, if you listen to this and get confused, always ask us questions. Um, please, uh, you questions, can, comments, anything you can find us on Twitter at tabletop cast. And, uh, this will be on soundcloud.com slash tabletop radio hour. Well, it was, it was a pleasure talking to you and I hope you all enjoy this actual play.